We're live? We're live. Wonderful. We are live. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Wednesday night where we're having Kingdom Conversations, which are the supernatural and prophetic encounters with the Word of God. I'm Pastor Lindsay Lee of Astounding Love, a Global Church Fellowship located in San Jose, California. However, tonight we are coming live to you from my living room in another city. So we're going to pray. We're going to have some chats. I'm going to tell you some funny insights into things that happened with Dr. Baker's program last night. And give you, uh, Apostle Baker, forgive me. And then give you some insights into just some of the things that we experience when we have to be crew and talent. It's a lot of fun. Father, we praise you tonight. And we thank you for the entrance of your word that brings light. We thank you, Father, for the presence of you in the form of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I thank you for the abiding word of God. I thank you for your grace today, the relationships, the conversations that we've had. And I thank you for giving us tonight another intimate conversation <coughs> with you. That you're leading us where you want to take us, and that we will speak as the oracles of God and send forth the words that you desire. We bless you, we praise you, and we thank you for that in the name of Yeshua. And I do pray for everyone that's listening that you'll be able to hear me because I do notice that the mic is a little far away. So if you need me to speak up, you'll just have to see Crystal's silhouette. So the first funny is the latest. I heard that we went live while we were trying, so called, doing our setup. So you had seven minutes of my living room and my pink chair without me in it. And I heard that you even got to hear all the conversations in the background, including the need for more heavy cream for coffee and tea. So if you did, that's really fun. And aren't we glad that we never say anything that can't be overheard? But if we did, boy, that would have been quite the adventure. Now here's why this is so funny. We're using a different iPad tonight because we went off and left on Sunday without taking the ministry equipment with us. Therefore, we're using my personal iPad, which evidently is not used to public displays or something. That's the backstory behind the technical difficulties that we had with Apostle Baker's program last night, was that even though we did all the pre-show stuff, all of a sudden things got stuck, and you had, I think, about 10 minutes worth of her talking, but unfortunately, we're not able to see anything. So we were well aware of the issue, and it was a little daunting uh, for a moment, but it did get taken care of. So that's kind of some of the stuff. Another thing that I thought was kind of fun happened last week because I reviewed these programs so that I'm listening to the conversation myself. And I just thought it was really funny. I tried not to, I tried not to sit all the way back in this chair so that I could make sure that I have um, uh not perfect posture, but better posture. And I noticed that I use a bolster, but the one that I was using last week was actually what I used to keep my laptop and my other things up high and to cool them off. And so I was watching as this thing started creeping up over my shoulder. Crystal was trying to tell me, but I, I wasn't able to uh, connect with that very well. And so uh, anyway, I looked at it and thought, okay, that's it. I'm going to take care of my pillow. If you hear voices in the background, it's because I have family and I'm at home. Um, but I had to go out, and I just wanted to show you my really beautiful new bolster pillow because I love this pie crust pattern and um, and so forth. And can you tell my family to be quiet? Thank you. Okay. So 
having gone on with that, I've given you all the backstory, and we are going to talk with regard to uh, just some different things that I've, I've been kind of listening to the Lord today, listening to different conversations with people. I had a wonderful Bible study earlier this afternoon where we were talking um, about, what were we talking about? We were really just talking about what is, what is it like to have an encounter with God? Because you hear all the, the different angelic encounters and you hear the uh, things where God appeared to people and he talked to people and this was going on and that was going on. And it's a lot of fun, you know, to do that. But for individuals to say, well, I've never seen anything, I've never heard anything, I don't know this, I don't know that. I want to tell you that every spiritual encounter that you ever have is right, is, can be found, first of all, in the Word of God. We call this program Kingdom Conversations. And then the tagline is Supernatural and Prophetic Encounters with the Word of God. Because that's where the supernatural is found. And that's where the prophetic is found. Is in the things that God says. And so when you want to have this amazing, wonderful time with him, you go into this world, you read the different things that are here, and then you ask the Holy Spirit to give you insight. And believe me, that's how the encounters happen. The Word of God is interesting, beyond interesting. It's a conversation that he's having with us. And the reason that it is so powerful to me it's because I know, according to Hebrews chapter 4, this word is alive. It is not just words that are being spoken. But it's the living word of God in the living person of the Holy Spirit speaking to us and telling us what his desires are, what the insights are for us, and what it is that we can expect as we seek after him and seek his kingdom. So I want to also share what I recognize is that as a human being, as one that is spirit first, with a soul, a mind, a will, emotions, that I live in a house that's actually the least important part in the sense that my eternity, my flesh is not what's going to spend that eternity, not this particular body, no. But it is the spirit person, the invisible person, that is to be seen on the outside by living according to the plans of God and the will of God and the word of God. You know, you see the spirit of a man, a dead spirit or a live spirit, according to the works that we do, the things that we believe, the ways that we act or react, the words that we speak. You can tell most of the time when a person is really alive to God and the desires that God has for them because we're going to say the things that he says. I don't mean we're going to sound like a robot. I don't mean that we're going to just repeat things as a parrot would, because a parrot does not have options for eternal life. But I mean when that word starts to, to really vibrate in us and it, it activates beliefs and longings and, and desires that God himself has placed in us that he wants to bring out and through us, he wants these things for us, because as these things happen for us and to us and within us, they also have the power of, of continuing on, a perpetual motion to happen in the lives of other people as well. 
So you sit in your home and you think, I would really love to have, uh, I don't know, if you're married and you have that mate, but you long for another form of intimacy with them. You have a physical intimacy. You have the day-to-day -day interaction. Sometimes the connection, the conversation, the spirit-to-spirit -spirit conversation is sometimes missing in marriages, even Christian marriage, what we refer to as Christian marriages. They get along pretty famously. They have comparable likes and dislikes or uh, taste of things that they, you know, I know people that they both love to eat the same kind of food, so they, they have a great time preparing it or going different places where that kind of food is served. And others that they enjoy certain kinds of sports or activities. And so uh, come sporting event time, they've got the sweatshirts or the t-shirts, whatever the sporting memorabilia, they're in front of the TV with the snacks and doing everything or going live to the games or going to the, um, the uh, uh, trunk parties or what, what are those things called? You know what I'm saying, out in the uh, parking lot. So they have those type of uh, events that are going on. And that's something that they really thrive on. There are others that they are very ambitious about buying and building homes or uh, a very excellent financial portfolio or something of that sort. And so you'll see them working together to try to make that happen. And then there are even those that do enjoy going to church together, but they really like it more for the social part of it. Or uh, they do the, the Sunday thing and, and maybe one or two little things during the week at church and that's where they they have their entire event but they don't have the spirit to spirit connection and so you'll say that they're happy but they always feel like something is missing and if you are not yet married or not yet living with the spouse that you have yet to meet then you're sitting there and sometimes that's the connection that you're longing for this is what people mistake for looking for love it's really mm -hmm. The intimacy of the spirit that they're desiring that they're craving but they call it looking for love because they don't know how else to define it you have a question for me i was going to say tailgate parties thank you tailgate parties not trunk parties okay <laughs> so tailgate party you can tell i've never gone to one okay thank you tailgate parties it is but can you see you long for something and because the des the the connection with god the conversation with God has not been had that defines what it is that you're longing for. We will default to our natural or carnal understanding. And so we'll put in that spot the substitute or what we think is the solution. And yet it never makes you happy. This is why you people, I have all the money. I have, I have all of the this and that. Secular speaking, they'll say they have all the sex they can get. They have all the money they can want. They have every toy that they want. They have everything that they desire. These are very wealthy people, but they're still missing something. And so we, Christy, the Christian type of response is, oh, it's the God-shaped part of you that's empty or something. And I understand what we're saying, but it's not just that you're missing God because many of us that are born from above are still lacking in this area. And the truth is, because it's you're failing or I'm failing I, I, and I don't mean like you flunked but I'm saying that there is a deficit on the inside of you for that spirit to spirit connection 
And it really does start with the word of God. I'm going right back to where I was, that prophetic encounter, that supernatural encounter with the creator, possessor of the heavens and the earth, your creator, your heavenly father, if, he, if that's who he is to you. You miss that intimacy. And that's also when the, in a marriage, in, a, in any relationship, honestly, it should be a spirit to spirit type of connection. My spirit connecting, seeking and, and seeking out and being able to, to hook, hook into or connect to the spirit of the living God talking to me from inside of me talking to me from his word and then inside of me as that word enters it gives him that convert those words that i can start to comprehend because he'll bring he'll bring clarity he'll bring understanding and he answers questions sometimes questions he gives you answers to questions you didn't even know that you had so uh, it's my opening conversation do I have any comments? Or Crystal, would you like to comment on that? Mm. But I don't see any comments. Okay. So far. All right. So let's keep going, shall we? Mm -hmm. Sure. <laughs> All right. Let's, I'll give you an example. This is my famous, one of my famous pink journals. And what I do, and I have different, I have all kinds of journals. I have them in every kind of color you want. Styles, hardback, whatever. Uh, just regular, those black and white old school composition mm -hmm. books. Whatever I, I start writing in. But each book represents a different kind of conversation. So I may be looking at something like Second Corinthians chapter 4, which is where we're going to go in the Word. And we're going to have this conversation just to kind of give you an idea of what it's like. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4, which is a, a passage of scripture I seem to be in a lot right now. And we're going to look. Let's start with verse 13. Actually, I'm going to start at verse 3. That's my first highlight on the page. But I'm going to get to something. And, and then we'll just see. So this is more Bible study-ish until you all ask questions or if you don't, um, it still will be Bible study. So. Verse 3 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says, But if our good news is hidden, it is hidden to those who are lost. The God of this age has blinded the minds of those who do not believe. At least the light of the glorious good news of Messiah, who is the image of God, should shine on them. In other words, he's a hindrance to them being able to have the, the glory of God or the presence of God, the light shine. He's standing there in such a way or has positioned himself in such a way that individuals are hindered from being able to have what God craves the most and what they do too, whether they realize it or not, a true connection with the Creator. Creation was designed to do that. Creation is designed to long for their creator, to have that intimacy, that conversation, that pointing out, that recognition 
that's what I mean by connection, is that it's not just that you talk to God, but that you are aware that God talks to you. Mm -hmm. That he is responding to you and stimulating things on the inside of you, questions. You, you are alive, and you know that you are alive. That's the feeling that people were talking about when they first become born again or born from above. And we say, I just feel so happy, or I just so I feel so this or that. Really what we're saying is I've suddenly become aware that I am alive on the inside. Now, again, because we don't have the vocabulary as of yet, we don't have the spirit vocabulary, we default to our natural understanding. And this is why many individuals will mistake their salvation or, or a, uh, I should say, connect or relate to being saved according to how they feel. And that's why so many of us have highs and lows in our walk with the, with the Lord, with God, because we, we equate the I, God loves me with how you feel. Mm -hmm. And then if you're not feeling good about yourself, then God's probably not feeling good about you either because, after all, this is what your emotions are telling you. Your vocabulary, your, your spirit language is lacking in those areas. You're not able to understand what is actually going on unless you can understand it from the Word of God. The Word of God actually explains to us who we are in Jesus Christ, why we're here in the earth, and the heart of God toward us. And it explains us to mm -hmm. ourselves. So that we can have the understanding of who we are, why we go through the things that we do, and how to overcome them, how to conquer them, how to, if you will, crush the works of darkness mm -hmm. that keep trying to come against us. Okay? So here he said, the God of this age blinds the minds of those who do not believe. And you've got an interesting thing. He's referencing those that are unsaved, but also... When you or I fail to believe the truth of what God says and we equate or we sift it through a natural or carnal mind that is more used to living according to how you feel or what you see naturally, then it sometimes is difficult for individuals to take by faith because it does take faith to believe. To take what God said by faith, simply recognizing, and here's a very simple thing, God, the one that saved you, is capable of doing everything else that he said that he does. Everything. But if your mind is used to judging, sifting, analyzing according to what you see naturally, and I'm, you're results-oriented, but you don't understand the type of results that God achieves or attains or displays to us, then you're going to falter on the side of reasoning, and you're not going to understand a spiritual matter because you're trying to understand spirit matter with a natural, carnal, flesh understanding. So I pray I'm answering something for someone tonight. Did you, were you going to say something? Uh, there was a question. Yes. Um, uh, you mentioned um, he is a hindrance. Who is the he um, that's the hindrance? Second Corinthians chapter 4. Mm-hmm. The God of this age has blinded the minds oh, of those who do not believe, lest the light of the glorious good news of Messiah, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Mm -hmm. Satan is the hindrance. Mm -hmm. 
the God of we refer to here as the God of this world. He is the hindrance. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Does that help? So you find it in Second Corinthians again, chapter four, verse four. The God of this world. That's the what how He blinds those eyes. Mm -hmm. And for those that again are believers in Jesus but do not believe, uh, this is an ox and a moron getting together. Yes. I am a believer in Jesus, but I don't necessarily believe the word of God. Well then, mm. I you you have a conundrum, mm. but you're not alone. That's many people, and let's go back to it again. It's not because something is wrong with you per se. It's because the way that you have been, you have never changed the way you were trained to believe. Mm -hmm. And that's what our job, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, uh, we're equipping the saints according to Ephesians 4 for the work of ministry. What we're designed to do, what we're supposed to do, what we endeavor to do, if we're, <laughs> if we're doing the right things, is to, on every level of our calling, we address the different issues. And pastors, teachers, but all of them, all of us, we do have that tendency, we're wanting to break this word open so that there's a clear understanding of what it is that the Spirit of God is saying. So your mind may be blinded to the truth, but the Bible tells you that the entrance of God's word brings light. Mm -hmm. And so that's why better than just saying, oh, you had a, an encounter with angels or this happened to you, none of which I frown upon. But what we're saying is the best encounter and the foremost encounter is the encounter with the Spirit of God Himself through His Word. Because all of these words, these utterances, these chapters in, these, in this Bible, these 66 books that comprise what we refer to as our Holy Bible, is, is showing a pattern of thought. And it is establishing the character of God. And this is designed for us to get, to, to understand how trustworthy He is. And that because he is a spirit, as we are a spirit, that we have been created in the image of the spirit of God. We have faculties to think and to, and to move and to create. We have creative power on our tongues coming forth from our mouth. And the creation that he desires that he, for us to pull in is the one that Jesus said and that is written in the word to bring in to make it in earth as it is in heaven that was the whole design program it was not to make it in earth as hell likes to create it it's always been to recreate to bring into the visible seen place this place where we live to let us experience the same things mm -hmm. on earth as there are in heaven okay mm -hmm. you with me so far all right, I'll keep going until the next question comes. Verse 5 says, But we did not preach ourselves, but Messiah Yeshua, or Christ Jesus, the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for his sake. Now, the world likes to use the expression for Christ's sake without even knowing what they're talking about. What we're talking about here is for the fulfillment of his calling, for the fulfillment of his desires, for the fulfillment of his plans. And I'm going to look this one up on here, too. Uh, that's verse 5. Shine on him for his sake. 
So for Jesus' sake, um, for his for his own function, okay, for his his place, for his here, come on. Thank you. It takes a minute sometimes. Purpose and cause, you could say. For the assignment that he has given to us, for the salvation that for the working out of the salvation, for the being seen, and what we learned on Sunday. Um, in one of our biblical solutions for life was that manifest, which we always talk about something must be manifested or manifestation. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, I had years and years and I did not understand what that word meant. And I finally just kind of went to the Holy Spirit and go, so really, what, what are we talking about? Because manifestation is such a big word sometimes, and, and most of us don't know what it means. Uh, if we want to be honest, even though we think we have a good, I, I said, I want a working definition and that's what he gave us was that what you want is to understand that manifestation because it's connected to bringing things from the unseen what we always refer to the spirit realm mm -hmm. or the word realm the place where all the words are but you have not yet seen a picture of the word that manifestation means the truth is seen what god has said what God has promised, all the prophetic things, all the prayers that are going forth now about our nation, all the things that go forth about you and your health or what have you, that the truth of what God said is now seen. That's what manifestation is. It's when you can put your hand on it, when you can spend it, when you can taste it, when you can marry it, when you can do whatever it is that, that the function of the promise was. When you can move into the building, when you have the title deed to your home, when your ministry catapults into that next realm when you yourself manifest in the 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 wholeness the health the the picture whatever it is you know people go on diets or they uh they go on programs to improve their health and so you see them going through the the exercise that if you were watching a movie it would be the the montage where the music is playing and the person is going through all of the functions and the changes and, and so forth. And you call it the transition scene. So you see them going from this to this, the, the person that's like Rocky and he was doing all the training. And then finally the first Rocky movie, many years old, but one of the classic scenes was him running up the steps of where that was crystals from Philadelphia. So she could tell me, but running up the steps, running up the steps, and the song, the theme song from Rocky is playing, and he's bouncing mm -hmm. at the top of the steps. Well, that was a transition scene that he was starting to make some changes in his mind, because it, it really does happen by changes to your thinking, changes with the way that you process things, the changes to the way to what you will allow to come out of your mouth and what you will not, uh, what you will allow to go in your body and what you will not. And all those type of things. So you see from the start when he was just that rugged guy to the running through the streets and people running with him and he gets up there to the top. Transition. Now he's ready for the fight. He's ready for the fight because everything in him is now geared towards the win. That's uh, what they think. Oh, yeah, that's that's a great transition. Well, the thing is, <clears throat> excuse me. Let's look at it from the spirit realm. And let's look at you. Let's you put yourself in that same kind of thing. I've achieved a goal. I've attained something that God said He had given to me. You went through all of the steps, whether it took months, or days, weeks, months, years, 
from the starting point to where you currently are. And you can look back on the journey and you can see so many things that have happened for the better. And you would think, wow, this is so cool. All the things that God has done, you manifest it, you might say. But what I want to tell you, just to give you the understanding, you didn't change from what you were to what you are in the sense that the natural sense, what you did is manifested as the truth of what you are. I'll dial it back. When that individual hits what we call the weight goal and they stay and they stay and they stay over all the years and even the struggle is gone because they've manifest, they've, they've gone through uh, level after level or layer after layer of the right thoughts and the, the conforming thoughts, if you will, the things that conform according to Romans being not conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of their mind and the renewing of their mind and the renewing of their mind until the mind only thinks a certain way. And to think self-destructively, to think in binges that would bring sickness or disease is no longer even within their ability or capacity to comprehend because the transformation over the time has happened to the place that they have come into the truth of who they are or what they were to look like or how they were to treat others. I, it's on every level mm -hmm. of our living. And we have gone through this word change. This is somebody that has spent so much time, not only spent the time in the word, but has allowed the word to become the indwelling, to become the abiding word. It's the only way they know, because this is what I have been changed, transformed into believing this word lives in me. Now see, it, it works with hate too, but this word lives in me so thoroughly that I can only do what I see my father do. I can only obey what he's saying. I love this word. I love what he says about me. I love being free the way that I am. I don't struggle with the sin. I don't struggle with these things. I didn't say you not, did not get tempted, but you actually cannot be tempted anymore when you overcome, because in order for you to be tempted, it has to be something that you would desire. Don't forget that part. It has to be something that you desire. You could never tempt me with a, 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 a box of imported cigars. I don't smoke. I don't like the smell of cigars. I don't really do well around a lot of um, smoke, okay? I could never be tempted with them because I, I don't have anything to do with them. Now, to what degree I have certain things about chocolate or this or that or the other, it's possible to tempt me. But I've kind of reached a place in my life, you can't even tempt me with sugar anymore because I don't eat it. And it's not because I'm going to, God's going to shoot me if I don't. It's just that it, I have lost interest in it. I don't have interest. And I, my church folk, my family can tell you, I'm in places 
where they show the sugar cake or they show the this and that. I, I have candy in my office. Uh, my, my candy bowl got cleaned out on Sunday. But I typically have some kind of chocolate or some kind of mints or something uh, in my office. But you never see me eat it. And the reason that you don't is because I don't have an interest in it. It's not a temptation for me because I've had experiences with it that just caused me to say, we are so breaking up. I just, this, in this season of my life, will there ever be a season where I'll eat it again? I don't, I don't know that there would be. I don't care if there is, meaning I'm, I don't have a need for it. And so it's an area where you can say that the word of God has come in, that experience with him and the freedom and the power to overcome according to the word of God, the encounters with God uh, pertaining to certain things have brought me or are bringing me to that place of the truth being seen. What truth do I mean? How he actually made me. What he actually had in mind. That's what manifests. Is I have I become in earth as, he, as I am in heaven according to the spirit man. The spirit that I am before I have mind, will, and emotions. Before I live in a body. I'm spirit. And my spirit is alive to the word of God to the degree that it is being shaped by the word of God so that what you see in the earth lines up with who, what he says about me in heaven. Does that help? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Keep going. Yep. What, did you have a question? Mm -mm. Okay. Responded. All right. For God, verse 6, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Yeshua the Messiah. That's pretty much what I just said. The light has come on. Is it on for me in every area? Not yet. But that's my manifesting. Do you get it? Mm -hmm. That's how the truth is seen. The more truth we take in, the more we yield to allow it to do what it wants to do in us, the more places we attain what we refer to as manifestation or the more places where we attain the truth of what God has said about us to be known. I am who he says that I am. Mm -hmm. That's a very powerful phrase. It's in a song I know. And it is the truth. It's a confession that we make. I am who God says that I am. Well, that I am is my declaration of truth. And the more that I say it, and the more that I feed upon the source of that truth, the more that truth presses in and it presses out. I'll say it this way. It occupies me to the degree that the wrong things, the, the counterfeit me, the, the person that I was never meant to be, it has to go. Um, you start becoming free. You start discovering things about yourself that you didn't even know. You start learning that there are things that you really don't like and there are things that you that you thought were acceptable in your life, but they're not anymore. There are uh, ways that you used to treat people, very mean, because you were a, a, a prickly little pear, you know? <laughs> and um, so you think it's okay to take out your frustration on other people. Well, it's not. It's not. If it were, God would do it. 
and he doesn't. Do you see what I mean? It's not acceptable to live or to treat one another, to, to relate to one another differently from the way God says to. When you decide to cuss somebody out, you are of the wrong spirit. When you decide to speak cruel things to other people to get them to leave you alone, you are not of the right spirit. When you decide to use truth as a weapon to destroy somebody else, you are not of the right spirit. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. You're not being who you were born from above to be. You're not demonstrating the spirit of this word, which is the representation of the spirit of God. It is the spirit of God because this word is spirit. His word is spirit and it is health and it is wholeness to our flesh. That's what he said. It is. It brings about the will of the kingdom so that even the flesh is able to flourish. These decaying bodies are able to, to walk in health and to thrive instead of withering away. Yes. What is the connection between submission and transformation? One leads to the other. Think about it. That's a great question. The Bible says in one place, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Now, the first time that you submit yourself to God, which just means, which means amongst other things, I'm going to do what he said. I'm not going to take this physical or uh, most of the time our fights are not physical. <laughs> they are fleshly. Mm -hmm. They are uh, words. People have word fights. They decide, I'm going to just let these folks know what I think about them. And then they proceed to give a lot of demonic speakings to somebody else, right? Mm -hmm. um, when that happens, oh, I'm going to have company knocking on my door. Told you. Yep. I'm telling you, this is a lot of fun tonight. So just as my sister bringing my Christmas snow, oh, uh, my Christmas, just tell her to be quiet. My sister is bringing my Christmas uh, snow cloths and stuff like that. Come on in. Y'all can come in. Hi, Cindy. I'm pulling half of yours. Okay. I need scissors. Where's it going? Well, I'm still taping my show right now. So that's my sister talking. <laughs> in here. So, um, I love being at home. It's a lot of fun. Ask your niece. She'll tell you. So what's happening? Let me just, I'll clue you guys in because Crystal knows and everybody else is watching. I have little Christmas trees up. I have little Christmas lights up. And I have other kinds of elements of Christmas. But as we were looking, we didn't put lights up. Um, we didn't put lights up at the ceiling. And so I've got like coils of lights. Crystal, let me see those for a minute. Because I, I may as well just let them know. And I can come back to the question. Oh, look over by the piano on the other side. On the floor. No, it's not. Well, I, <laughs> I want to get the coil of light so that they know what I'm talking about. They're on the floor right there by the piano. So we decided that we were going to use Christmas snow. Um, you know, the, the blankets of snow and things. Um, because otherwise, otherwise, just throw it to me. Yep, just throw it. 
So I've got two sets of these. <laughs> it's not a crown of thorns. <laughs> it's a coil of lights, okay? And so what we're going to do is drape the snow over the piano and over the tabletops, and then we're going to lay the lights out so that they are all lit up, and then it'd be pretty, and we'll take a picture of it for you to see next week. Okay. Thank you. I'm right, continuing on. So the question again was about the difference between submission and, tra and, tr and transformation. But it takes one to get the other. The Bible is telling us continually, submit to God, take on the mind of Christ, um, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. The Bible is constantly telling us to follow after love, to do the will of the Father. And then when we're looking at Jesus, what he continued to tell us over and over again is it is my, I do only what I see my father do. And I only say the things that he says. And then when he, by the time he got, he could, he lived a complete life of submission. And the Bible tells us that that's what he did. So by the time he got to what we refer to, and I think it's Mark chapter 15 or thereabouts or four, uh, somewhere in there, um, when we're reading the, the encounter, that the young man had, or the, the father had with the son that throws himself into the fire. Prior to that, Jesus was at what they refer to as the Mount of Transfiguration. And he went through something that is referred to as episkiatsa. He was completely overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God came upon him to such degree he moved in. There was a, a fulfilling, if you will, of the desire of God that this is who this man, Jesus the Christ, is. And he has stepped into every level of what he was called to do, every level of transforming, every level of submitting his will to the will of the Father. Every time, he never said, I don't want to lay hands on these people because I don't feel like it. Even when he was weary in, in, in body, he still went forth because he saw a picture of what the Father wanted to do. And he submitted to that. So level by level, from this glory to the next level of glory, he continued on in his walk until he was completely immersed. He was always committed. He was always seeking after. He was always in obedience. He learned obedience, the Bible says, by the things that he experienced. Some um, translations say Jesus learned obedience by the things that he suffered. But he was constantly, constantly listening for the voice of God. He was in the times that he spent in prayer, in the moments that he, you know, he learned. Otherwise, he never would have taken a single step to walk on water. He learned. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been able to awaken out of a sleep and speak to the winds and the waves and command peace to be still. He learned. Else he wouldn't have been able to minister to a, uh, to a, uh, a series of lepers, which would have made him, as a priest even, he would have been unclean. He learned not to submit to simply the laws, the, the, the extra laws uh, in, in, in the Jewish uh beliefs, but to only submit to that which the Father had said. He stayed with the Word. When he went, uh, the first time we read about him and having the encounter with the, with Satan and being tempted by the devil, this was, in other words, hey, wouldn't you like to eat? Yeah, he was tempted by that. He was hungry. But he's like, so turn these stones. Nope, I'm not going to do it because the Word of God says man doesn't live by bread alone, but I live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. At every step of his life, he released the power of what it is written. And that's what kept transforming, what kept 
manifesting on the inside. And yes, he is the word of God made flesh. But the word of God, the spirit of the word, had to work with the spirit of Christ on the inside to bring about what? The changes in the man so that the man always walked in submission to the will of God. And if he can do it, we can do it. That's the whole point. That's why we use sin as an excuse when we're supposed to be able to overcome it because the Bible says that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil and sin is the work of the devil. So all of this little talk and chatter, I can't get over this, I can't get over this fear, I can't get, I can't get past this, is a lie. It's a lie that we tell ourselves. And the reason I say that is because God does not say it. And if God did not say, you are never going to be able to overcome sickness, you will never be able to overcome darkness, you will never be able to overcome this, that, or the other. If God did not say that, then what business do we have saying it? It's the wrong conversation because it is not a kingdom conversation. It is not the words of the Father. It is not the will of the Father. It is not the desire. It is not the plan. And if it's none of those things, then it should not be coming forth out of our mouths. But we are so saturated, understand, in the ways of this world that sometimes we don't even realize it. I, I'll give you another example. Uh, we, If you are familiar with our ministry at all, then you know that we are on a series of prayer calls. And that we pray for different cities and we'll pray, we pray mm -hmm. all the time, okay? And so one of the things that you will know is that we pay attention to the things um, that the Holy Spirit is, is leading us to. Last week, the call, uh, one of the, out of the calls that I was on, mm -hmm. one of the things that we became very aware of was fear. We saw the people in the cities, in the towns, in the areas with the new resurgence of what they call C-19 or whatever it's called right now. People walking in fear. And I'm looking at the eyes of people. I'm not speaking uh, against anyone. It's not a judgment. It's an observation and a recognition. Why? Because I am trained by the Holy Spirit to recognize when fear is on the scene. It's a choking thing. Sometimes it brings about anxiety. Sometimes it brings about uh, people are stressed. They get very snappy. And they are, one of the things, one of our, our prayer team people, what she became aware of is they're weary and they're being worn down. The human spirit, especially the human spirit that is dead to the word of God and dead to God, meaning it is not born from above. So it is still only connected to the soul, only earthly and carnal. Um, that people are tired. Some people have died unnecessarily because they haven't been able to have human touch. They have not had a hug. They have not been able to fellowship with their family or their friends. They live in isolation. Isolation is a breeding ground in situations like this for fear for the spirit of fear. And so we see the elderly, but you see the young people as well. And there was a city where they were they were having these little secret gatherings. Why? Because they miss each other. Because they have been told that you being with each other is dangerous. And I think what you're seeing is how you can break 
a human spirit. You use fear, you use intimidation, and you use the threat, an unseen threat. And what happens? People start doing what they're told to do. And they start reporting on each other if the other person's not doing it. Well, where else do you see that? You see it in movies with communistic leadings. You see it in places where the government has absolute control over the will of the people. And it starts with fear and intimidation and all these other things. The Bible says fear has torment, but that the release of perfect love casts out fear. Now, here's the question. When you have that, in a, a gathering of individuals that are born from above and claim that they serve the Lord, but they repeat what they have been told instead of what God has said. This is when you find even in the church, there will be a diminishing of power and a diminishing of healings and a diminishing of victory. Not because, thank you, Sidney, not because... God's word is not true, but because his people have been conditioned to believe a lie. Mm -hmm. And if we don't take hold of the truth of what God has said, and if we don't enforce that truth, if we do not allow the word of God to become the only word that we speak, then we will struggle with believing God. We struggle with walking in the ways that he wants us to walk. We struggle with it. And that comes back to 2 Corinthians 4. The God of this world has blinded the minds of those who do not believe. And if you or I do not believe what God says, then we will become blind to what God says. And we can be convinced to believe all of the things that we are told and to blindly obey a dictator instead of walking in the freedom that has been given to us. Do you understand that? Even to the degree, I don't care what side of the political thing you come down on. I don't care which one you vote for. That's not my issue. But I will say this to you. If you find it acceptable that if cheating happened, that as long as your party wins, everything is okay. You have been tricked into giving up your rights. It's okay for you this time if you're getting what you want. But what's going to happen to you when your vote is taken from you and you were given something you did not ask for? You have to be careful. You've got to pay attention to what is really happening. And again, you notice I'm not speaking about one political person or the other. I am talking about you as a citizen of the United States of America and I'm talking to you as a citizen of the kingdom of God. Krista, do I have any other questions? She's actually paying close attention tonight. I want you to understand, fear will take away your rights. Fear is designed to work to take away your freedom freedom of expression, your freedom to live as you are supposed to live. America is free country. Even when people work to bring everybody into prison to be like every other country, do you not know that there is a reason so many migrated to our country? And there's also a reason why some decided to try to come and use their bondage to influence us into the same type of thing. 
So I want you to pay attention to that. And I will do as my apostle, doc, uh, Dr. we call her, uh, she is Apostle Baker, but as she says, but I also say Dr. Baker because her PhDs are in training of the mind. I want to provoke you to think. I want you to think about what you give up so easily by just parroting, by simply repeating what you've been told. I want you to think about how much fear you allow into your life and the conversations that you have that do not promote the kingdom of wholeness, wellness, health, wealth, wisdom, goodness, mercy, love, joy, peace, and all the power of the kingdom of God. You cannot, you cannot manifest the kingdom of God when you speak for the other realm, okay? That's that conversation. Let me go on. I'm still in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 7 says, We have this treasure in earthen vessels, the excellency of the power being from God and not from ourselves. This word that we have that is allowed to abide on the inside of us is the power that comes from God. And it is the excellency of his power that works through us. And this is something that you are not connected. This is where connection starts to come in again. Then you are walking powerless in a world that needs you to manifest. Mm. We are needed as believers in Jesus Christ. Not as simple Christians. Not as mere men. But as carriers of the glory of God of the word of God, of the power of God. This world needs us to manifest. This world needs our prayers. Not, oh dear Father, if it be your will, but this is the will of the Lord. This world needs us to speak the hidden words, the invisible words, to bring them into the seen realm for their freedom. We fight for people that don't like us. We fight for people that may bash us, may hate us, may curse us. But we don't care about that. What we care about is that they live, or that they're not destroyed by the very things that they have been duped into believing are the best things for them. We pray for them, but we do more than that. We let the power of the kingdom of God be seen in us and through us for them. It's necessary mm -hmm. sometimes for you to take a hit and get past being offended because somebody doesn't like you, because somebody tries to body shame you, because somebody tries to, to say this or that or other vile thing, ridicule you, laugh at you. I cannot even tell you the number of times that that kind of thing happens. As a minister, as a preacher, I've had times where people have been very hostile to me, but I still had to speak the word and I still chose to love. That's your power, and that's the submission that we're talking about that will lead to the transformation mm -hmm. where we simply become another extension and expression of the love of God in everything that we do. We were born for this. We were born to overcome, not be overcome by sin, not to be overcome by evil, but to do as the word says, to overcome evil with the goodness of God, the grace of God, the power of God. That's why we're here. And so this is the treasure that we have in these earthen vessels. And he said, here, listen, and I just said it, we're troubled on every side, but we're not distressed. Why? We've been transformed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Why? Because we keep submitting our emotions. And I mentioned on Sunday, 
I take communion. It's a time of fellowship with the Lord. It is a real time of talking to Jesus and saying to him, these things that are still trying to rise up in me, but your blood has answered this. Your broken body, your body being broken for my wholeness, I'm going to take it and I'll trade it again and again and again and again until I'll never have to articulate those particular things because he will, because it will have done such a complete work. How long is that going to take? I do not know. I don't even care. I just know that every time I do it, it opens up a greater capacity to love. It, it opens up a greater desire to share what he says and a determination to stay on track with him. He changes us from the inside. And then what? In the hidden, the unseen. You can't see my inside. But as his word, as he himself, the spirit of the living God in the form of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit ministering, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit through this word ministering to me. I'm changed on the inside and what happens to me on the inside starts to be seen on the outside. The truth is seen outwardly because the truth is all that's happening inwardly. Mm. Are you getting that? Okay, so I don't know if they are or not, but I'm just going to have to take that by faith. Yes, she said yes. Okay, so going on. And it got intense and it got passionate. We are persecuted but not forsaken, cast down but not destroyed. Do you see what he's saying? We feel, we feel, we feel, and we even experience in our bodies. We experience these things, these attacks that come against us. Troubled on every side, but we refuse to be distressed because the word grounds us. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair because the Holy Spirit is available to open our understanding. We are persecuted, but we are not forsaken. Even when man comes against us, God is still for us. This is what he's saying. Cast down, but not destroyed. And always carrying around in the body the death of the Lord Yeshua. Why? Why is that so important? Because we carry around in us that the life of Yeshua might be expressed in our bodies. His death unleashed in us the resurrection power mm -hmm. of God. We're always carrying that life, his resurrected life, the death that the, the death that he died for us, the sins that he took on for us, the price that he paid for us, we carry. The recognition, if you will, the tag that says they are the redeemed of God. They are the ones that Jesus um, paid the price for. Crystal, do you have any questions for me? Mm -hmm. Including you yourself or any comments? Mm -hmm. For right we now. who live, verse 11, are always delivered to death for Yeshua's sake, that also the life of Yeshua might be manifested in our normal flesh. So then death works in us. But life in you. Mm -hmm. It's working. You understand? Death to what? Death to who we want to be without God. Death to self as an expression of our own independence from God. That death works in us, in anybody that is called to ministry, in anybody that is in the body of Yeshua that is ministering to others. Death works in me. When you don't like this or you have these comments about me. I mean, there's some comments that come online. They'll never show me. But I forgive you anyway. You see? 
That's the death that works in us so that life can work in you. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You strike out because we're hitting the spot of your deliverance. Mm -hmm. Do you have a question? I was going to say that um, when you say death works in us, was it is would that be described as the thing that we don't uh, want to do or um is it more like not necessarily an act but um but uh, um a uh, um a characteristic in us that's not um characteristic but something that's have that hasn't been delivered yet is that what you're saying say that again so you said death works in us okay so death working in us is that the sin what what is no okay no what i was just saying mm -hmm. so death works in us my submitting my dying to who i am mm -hmm. my choosing to crucify my flesh my choice to submit to the ways of god uh, move bypass what I don't feel like doing, what I don't want to do, how much I'd like to hit somebody. Dr. Uh, Apostle oh. Baker talked about okay. this last night. Mm -hmm. Okay, when you want to hit them, when you want to strike back, when you want to hurl ugly words at somebody because of what they've said about you. The topic tonight I talked about it's not okay mm -hmm. to you're in a relationship with someone, but you have to be nasty toward them. Because you just, you, I'm just feeling stressed. Well, I don't care how stressed you are. You're supposed to submit that to, to the Lord. You are supposed to. And I'm talking to husbands and wives right now. And I'm talking to those uh, parents. I'm talking to those that call themselves wanting to be in a relationship of any kind whatsoever. You want to, you, but you want everybody to treat you the way you deserve. But you want to treat them any way you want to. I watch people sulk. Not much people walk around pouting because things aren't going their way. I mean, I've seen it in church. I've seen mm -hmm. it. I see it everywhere. I see it on, on people that sit there looking stone-faced and sad all the time when they have authority over their own behavior, but they won't do it. They will allow Satan to put a mask on their face, mm -hmm. his mask on their face, and they'll walk around wearing that thing. And they'll walk around looking miserable and being a nasty, miserable soul, bitter of soul, when they don't have to be. You know, it's different when you are not saved and you walk in these ways because the world is beating your tail. We understand because you don't know the goodness of God and you don't know the power of grace to be delivered. But for those of us that do know him, why would we? want to, to, to spit in the face of the one who shed blood for us. Okay. Die to that. Mm -hmm. Die to that. So that life can work in other people. So that those that are looking to see if there's anything to this power of God. You know, I, I, I people who have issues with their, oh God, I could meddle. Never mind. I'm not even going to say it today but i just want to tell you they watch us you know people watch us to see if our god is real oh we can preach and we can tell you what scriptures and we can hallelujah and we can do all of that 
when things are going well, but they are watching us when things are not going well. Mm -hmm. They're watching what we are paying attention to what we say and how we say it. And they really watch. I cannot tell you the number of individuals that thank God were stronger than what they saw that even came around us and saw the way some of us are with each other. And they thought, oh, I don't know that this is the right place for me after all. Because it's like, it's like you had all the things that were the right look, but then you turned around and they caught a glimpse of you and saw it's a false coat that you're wearing. Mm -hmm. You don't actually have the attributes that you appear to have. It looked like a beautiful, uh, beautiful, pristine thing from afar until they turned that light out. And I saw that the light was designed to hit those spots to make it shine. But when you take it off, it's very dull because you're not real. Mm -hmm. You're not real. And what do I mean by that? You're acting in a way, in a manner that is different from what you were called to be. We're allowing the scene, what is temporary, the way, the ugliness of our lives, mm -hmm. the temporary part of our lives. We're allowing the dead things, the decayed things to have preeminence over the one that has, that truly does have realness. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Anybody else have a question? Yes, there's another question. Um, go to scriptures for feeling rejected. You go to scriptures for feeling rejected. <laughs> no, that was the <laughs> The questions were... No, you give me a scripture about feeling rejected. The Bible says, I mean, I'll give you a hint. Go to, Isaiah, go to Isaiah 53. He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows. And what does it say? And so he spit in their faces and called them a bunch of goonies and stinkies and said, I'm not dying for them. No, he didn't. He went on ahead and was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our, and our iniquities, the chastisement, the punishment for our peace was upon him and by his stripes. We are healed. We were made healed. All we, like the sheep, it says, had gone astray. But he took on himself. We had turned into ways of wickedness, turned from the right way. But the Lord took all of that upon himself. What are the scripture on rejection do you need? It's fine. I'll keep talking. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because I, sometimes what we do is we... And I'm not saying whoever's asking the questions. I don't know who's asking the questions and doing this, but we we the devil likes to tell you you need to you need you need more information. And I'm here to tell you, no, you don't. You need faith. You need to exercise faith and shut him down. That's what you need to do. Mm -hmm. You really need to do that. Because otherwise, you're gonna keep being bounced from place to place. And you're every time and, and I, I if I if I have you agitated right now. If you're like almost steaming and you're ticked off and you're arguing with me, especially if you're saying things like, well, you don't understand or that's easy for you to say and any of that, that's the demon that is ticked off because I am hitting it square. You get it? The word mm -hmm. of God, it's not even me. The word of God is hitting it square. And if you choose to submit to this, it has to go. So that would be the darkness at work in us, basically. That's That'd an be the example. Darkness of, trying to work. Yeah, yeah. trying to work mm -hmm. in us. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Okay. That's exactly what it is. And light has come. And honey, 
Now you got you got Rocky and every other theme song playing because because there's a fight. There's a fight. Mm-hmm. This is when this is when the battle is engaged. I'm telling you, you can preach sometimes. I can preach sometimes, and other ministers, I'm sure. And you see people looking at you, and they look like their eyes got boiled. <laughs> it's just not good, right? And it's like we gonna intimidate you, or we gonna shut you down. It's like no, really, you're not. You're really not, because God wants His people free. So everything that you're reasoning, trying to find, I would ask you to just take a look and say, are you seriously trying to find reasons to stay bound? Mm -hmm. Because you're not. That's the blind spot. Mm -hmm. That's the hindering that's getting in the way, trying to, hey, 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 which way you going to go? Because I'm trying to block you. I'm trying to stick and move, stick and move, stick and move, trying to keep you from your freedom. That's what this is about. You can be, you are as healed as you want to be. You are as wealthy as you want to be. Well, no, I'm not. Well, you are because of the things that you say and the things that you believe. When you change your, see, I said you as healthy and wealthy as you want to be, but you're not, and I'm not, as healthy and wealthy as God wants us to be. That's the standard. That's my ring. That's the standard. You know, I used to go like this, but the standard is way above us. That's the standard. The God standard is where you want to live. The God standard never argues with God. The God standard never fights to believe. It wins the battle. The fight for faith, right? Fight the good fight of faith. Why? To overcome. So that you reach those places in him where this is something, even if you had great wealth and somebody stole it, you're still wealthy on the inside and you know how to get it back. That's what I'm talking about. It's a place in him, in the kingdom, where we live at the level of the kingdom of God and you can't get us to come down from that place. Mm. We will not remove ourselves from our seat in the heavenlies to come and live a humdrum life ever again. Not once we have tasted, partaken, and said, yep, this is my choice. This is the shift that is happening for all of us. I'm going to keep going to scripture. And I hope that answers you. You look for scriptures about rejection. And then I say, why? To do what? To justify being rejected? Because when you start looking that up, you will see every place that Paul said it right here. 2 Corinthians 4. uh, Troubled on every side, but not distressed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted. That's a form of rejection, but not forsaken. Cast down but not destroyed. You have to say what God said. I'm rejected, but it don't matter. I laugh about that because I'm to rejoice in that day and leap for joy because the word of God is taking effect in my life in a powerful manner because I am alive to God and I'm dead to these things, these little pesky things that actually belong under my feet. The fruit of the Spirit takes preeminence in my life and in my being over and above all of the things of this world that are attacking my flesh, that are attacking all of the things that I live in the natural realm. But I am not, this is not an engagement of natural things. You think, oh, rejection, and I feel sad. You don't understand that rejection is a spirit. 
that has come against your flesh. And if you are going to overcome the spirit of rejection, you're going to have to come from the spirit of God. You're going to have to come from the spirit of the word. It's a spirit, a spiritual attack against your physical body or against your emotions. Sickness and disease is a spiritual attack. We go, well, it's natural because it's, no, it came from a spiritual fall. It would not even be in the earth if sin had not entered the earth. Therefore, the origin is still spirit. It was a natural proclivity. You can argue about it if you want to, but I'm telling you, you won't overcome. You say, well, I just take this medication and I'll just take this and I'll take this. That's great. You've medicated your body, but your mind is still conditioned to expect it to come again. And if you don't deal with that thing in the spirit, you always have a reason. And there's always an opening to you for any kind of sickness and disease. I am telling you, I'm not telling you that, there, oh, these natural things happen, but you come from a supernatural place if you want to get rid of it. Yes. Okay. Oh, good. They're jumping now. Um, this person, been struggling to let go of an ungodly soul tie. Um, the physical no, you haven't. I'm sorry, you have not been struggling. You haven't. You have not. How are you struggling with something that you have authority over? Well, the physical separation is over with. I just hate the fact that I took the person at their word. No. No, you took the devil at his word. And if you're sitting there, let me just stop you. Okay? Let, let me just stop you. You're lying. And you don't even know it. Okay? Can you take what I'm saying? I'm guessing who you are. And you know I love you. So, do I know who you are? Do I know you? No, I'm asking that person. Do I know you? Do you know me? Um, I'm waiting for the answer. Okay. Okay. Even if you ain't who I think. <laughs> I use the word ain't. Isn't that something? <laughs> Well, even if you're not, I'm still telling you to, you're lying. Because what you just said, God never says. That's why. Are you calling me a liar? Yes. But not you. I'm saying that the words are a lie. Because I can't find, you have to give me the scripture in here where Jesus said, I'm really struggling with this. I'm struggling with you. I'm struggling. Who has been lied to more than anybody? God. <laughs> okay, so when Jesus, can I just, let's just go look at scripture for a minute. Jesus had this 12 disciples that he called to help him. This is a little song we used to sing in Sunday school. One of the guys is named Judas. He handled the money, but he kept stealing it. <laughs> and he sold Jesus out for the price of a slave, 30 pieces of silver. And Felt really bad about it. Jesus knew you go do what you got to do. He saw when the spirit of Satan entered Judas because Judas got tired of Jesus uh, doing certain types of things. He's like, he is so not taking up the power that I expected him to take. Bottom line, Jesus knew Judas Iscariot would betray him and he prayed for him. And the only thing he said to the father about it was that I have every one that you've given me except the one that was designated to be, or not even designated, he wasn't assigned. Well, Judas, you're going to be the one to betray. Judas went through all of the motions of being a disciple of Jesus, but he never 
walked in the truth of it. He walked in the idea of it. You being betrayed by an individual is dust that is time for you to shake off of your feet. And you saying you're struggling to, to cut a soul tie. Well, you cut a soul tie with the blood of Jesus. If you have a soul tie, it's because you went back and got it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Give me the next reason. What about someone in person impersonating a straight man? How is that my lie? What difference does it make to you? As a woman, I'm allowed. What difference does it make to you? Okay. As a woman, I allow it to hurt me. That's the part I hate. So then get healed right now. You want to get healed? This is not a, this, this is not eight hours of surgery or 18 days. This is 10 seconds, 15 seconds. If you choose to exercise faith. Yes. Okay. Then let's just do this. Here's all you got to do. Do you believe? Let me, let me, let me, let me do this. Do you believe? Because <laughs> it's gotten so heavy. Let me lighten it up. Do you believe? And I seriously mean that in the power of the blood of Jesus. You have to keep texting Crystal. Do you believe that the blood of Jesus has the power to release you from the bondage of sin? Yes. Okay. Will you let him do that? Because this is not a question of about whether or not God can. The issue that you've got on your table is whether or not you will do it. Yes. Oh, seriously. Okay. So you're willing to let go of this conversation or you still got things in your head that you feel like you've got to say. And it doesn't have anything to do with being a woman. Or a man for that matter. I thought that that woman that I was going to get with was a woman. And then he took the clothes off. Oh my God. It was not a woman. Well, you shouldn't have been there anyway. You know it. I was betrayed. My whole manhood was struck. <laughs> I was absolutely, Sorry. positively, I was shocked. I was stunned. And I have been wounded to my soul. Because as a man, how could I have fallen for another man and been so attracted to one when it was, I thought it was a woman and it was a man. Does that mean that I'm gay? No, it means you were in sin. You were open for anything. It was sin. What you were doing was not right. Your motivation was not right. And the results of it were a joke on you, which ain't right either, but it happened. But what I'm saying to you is it's, it, it was just, look, people, you craving relationships with others based on natural proclivity. I said this at the top of the program too, because you're actually longing for the spirit spirit connection with God, not just with him, but also with him in others. And so we call it a search for love. And I thought that if I trusted this one, that it, everything would be fine. Or I thought that we could be friends. I cannot tell you the number of times my friends <laughs> fall below the standard. And they cannot tell you the number of times I have fallen beneath the standard of friendship. Do you understand? So you being traumatized, you say, Lord Jesus, I give this to you. 
I give you every emotion I have towards these people or that person and my sense of betrayal. My sense of betrayal. That's where your wound is. I feel cheated. I feel I feel like I was made a fool of. I feel all kinds of stuff. And bitterness wants to attach itself to my soul. You don't have to repeat. Just know that this is where it is. I'm telling you. And you say to him, Lord Jesus, I need you to come in here. And I am giving you permission by the power of your blood to wash my soul, to wash away every wound that I have that pertains to this relationship and to use the blood of Jesus to sever the ties between me emotionally and this woman. I'm guessing it's a woman. To, or man, whichever, okay, whichever, or a wannabe, whatever it is, okay? I'm trusting you right now to sever the ties of hope that I had with that other person, to sever the ties of expectation that I put upon them, and to cut the commonality of soul that I gave myself, where I gave of my own mind, of my own will, of my own emotions, of my own investment in them on a soulish level. I am calling for your blood to come and cleanse me now. And I release forgiveness to this person because you've got to forgive. Well, I don't know if I can. Well, that's a lie. You can or God wouldn't tell us to. But you have to do it by faith. Do you want that individual to just die, burn, and go to hell? Because of what they did to you? I'll wait. We're about done. And for the rest of you... I felt like it. Okay, you felt like it. Then your heart is not in the right place, is it? See, that's the wrong spirit. And that's what we're talking about. So you have to offer... You have to make a decision. Will I allow myself to be run by a wrong spirit or will I let the spirit of God in here too see I don't condemn you will you let him in there too will you let the spirit of God will you let the blood of Jesus will you let the truth of the word will you let it come in to the places where hatred wants to take you this is what uh, Cain didn't have what you got when he was told you better watch out because sin is after you right now and he didn't have what you have, which is the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the word of God, to be able to overcome. He didn't have that. But what you've got is every weapon that you need to change your heart. Submit that part of your heart. Now, let's come back to submission to bring about transformation. You're going to have to submit. And I'm speaking to all of us. I'm not just speaking to one individual. I'm speaking to every single one of us, whether it's your marriage relationships, the relationships you have with your children, relationships you have with co-workers, relationships you have with fellow uh, church members, relationships that you have with yourself, or your thoughts about God. I have to submit. And when I say have to, I don't mean there's a gun pointed at me. I'm saying in order to be healed and made free, I have the power to make the decision to let God in to places that the sin, the wounds, the hurt, the evil, 
wants to keep him out of. I'm saying to you, let him in. Let him in. There's no judgment against you, baby. None. You're not condemned tonight. But I will say it as it is, not to hurt you, but to let that devil know we see you and your time of, of reigning over us is at an end. And that anybody that chooses to walk in the delivering power of the word of God can do so from this place. Okay. Um, we're going to have to replay this and go through the prayers. Okay. But you know what you can do right now? You can say, I received them prayers by faith. Did you hear that? I ain't one country. I received them prayers. I received this by faith, and I let you start the work in me now. You don't delay. That's what I asked you. Are you willing? Because you don't need to understand it. What you do is obey. You say, you know what? Holy Spirit, here I am. Come on in. Let's do this. How's that for a short prayer? Blood of Jesus, I'm right here. Come in and clean me. God, I'm submitting to you. I'm submitting. He knows what you got going on. My anger, my judgment, my bitterness, my sense of betrayal, my hatred, all the evil, ugly stuff. And then get ready to take communion. Give it to him. He wants it. Do not sit there and do, and, and, and do that religion. Oh, dear Jesus, just take it from me. Take it. He won't until you give it. Give it to him. He will not condemn you. Neither can I. We got that? It's not a heavy duty dirge, a funeral dirge, where you got to go for nine hours of deliverance and wrestling. No, you don't. Jesus already won this. But what if it comes up again? Then give that part to him too. Well, what if the, I tried in this? Then give him that part too. Well, what if the person tries to call me? Give him that phone call too and say, you know what, Lord? I'd like this to be severed. I'm calling for this to be severed. Anytime you sever a soul tie, first thing that happens uh, in many cases is folks try to get back in touch with you. I actually severed a soul tie once. And I did it while I was in the same room with the person, but I was at the opposite end. Mm. And I just knew within myself it's time. And I severed the soul tie. Do you know, 10 minutes later, they came rushing up to me going, is something wrong? I said, what? Is something wrong? No. Why? I just all of a sudden got this feeling like you just cut me off. I'm thinking to myself, wow, this stuff is worse. Mm. And you know what I did not do? You're right. I cut you off. I cut this soul ties because I didn't want to have anything else to do with you because you're vile and I don't like you. You've been mean to me. I did not do that. I thought, well, that's very interesting. And I kept my mouth shut. It took three years before I actually cut it off because I still wanted relationship with the person. And you're going to have to be honest. If you still want relationship with that person, you're going to have to give that to God, too. Until you are mature enough to be able to have relationship. Meantime, you have to become their intercessor. You get to pray for them until you can pray for them without putting your emotions and desires for them in place. You can't do that. You have to pray in the spirit. 
and pray what the Holy Spirit once said about them, not what you want to see. Change my husband because he needs to be, he needs to be, and he needs, and change my wife because, you know, that battle axe bathrobe and this, that, and the other. Change them, Lord, because the way they treat me, because the way they talk to me, that's not going to get anybody delivered. So I got a few more minutes. Oh, not Pre- very many. You got it. some time. Huh? They said got it. Yeah! Woo, woo, woo! Good. Thank you. Thank you for your transparency. Thank you for your honesty. And thank you for forgiving me when I cut you off and said you're lying. <laughs> so if you need to throw me in there too to forgive, please do. Because I want to keep talking to you. I'll keep praying for you because I love you. Okay? All right. Last question because it's 804. Those of you that want to... Uh, uh, so your seeds, your you time, your offerings, and so forth, please do that. Say what? You know me. That's what the person is. Yeah, I know I know you, and we'll be talking, but that's not the point. What I know is how amazing and strong you really are. And I know that God has great plans for you, so I know you're going to do this, and you will win. You already won. This is bringing forth the truth. It's time for the truth to be seen about you and for you to see it. Got that. Yes. He said, well, call me then. I ain't calling you nothing. <laughs> <laughs> See how people are? Isn't this beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? If I did it for one and everybody, well, I asked a question when she called me. I asked her when someone said, I don't want you to call. You won't ever have to call. <laughs> and so, Frederick, I pray that you're putting that stuff up online. And all that other kind of stuff. And all those of you out there that assume you know, you're probably wrong. How about that? Okay? I know folks that you don't know. How about that? So, moving on. Last question. We're done. So he's putting everything up. All right, I wanted to get to, I really started with one scripture we didn't get to. But hasn't it been fun tonight to have my family in the background, <laughs> opening the refrigerator, using the microwave, opening the front door, ringing the doorbell. They put snow up on one, but I need more, I can see, to go on the piano. But we're going to light it up, and I might take pictures, and I might not, but it's, it's pretty in here. So let me finish this last scripture. I have two minutes to do that. He said in verse 13, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we have the same spirit of faith as it is written, I believed and therefore I have spoken. There you go, baby. I believe and therefore I have spoken. So all of the different things that are transpiring here. So we also believe and therefore speak. We believe that God has, you, 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 well, what if I don't have faith? You have faith in the power of the blood of Jesus and that's where you start. You start with, I know that the blood of Jesus can do things that I don't even understand. My faith is not in how I'm thinking. My faith is in the power of the blood of Jesus. My faith is in, I allow the blood of Jesus to cleanse my mind. I allow the blood of Jesus to cleanse, to change the way, to help me to think the way he thinks. I allow the blood of Jesus to bring new life to me in every dead area. That's what you do. And there's lots more to it. Maybe we'll continue this part Christmas week, which will be next week. I know, knowing that he who raised the Lord Yeshua will also raise us through Yeshua and will present us with you. All these things are for your sake, so that the abundant grace through the thanksgiving of many might overflow to the glory of God. So this is the, the unity. And all I wanted to say is for this reason, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, 
in our inward man is being renewed day by day. There's that transforming power that we're talking about. And our light affliction, the rejections, the sadness, the, this thing that you, whoever is dealing with, look at it as a light affliction. And uh, it doesn't last for more than a moment. And it works for us a far more, ex our inward man is being renewed day by day. And it works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Go back to that. The real you. The one that God put since this earth to overcome is ready to be seen. The things you're going through right now are people that ask the questions that are saying, well, what about this? You working through and allowing these words to be spoken. Speaking this word, the word does the work. Jesus told you that my father in me, he does the work. So the word of God, if you allow that word to enter into you, it will do the work. That's why you won't be struggling with sin. That's why you won't be going through a process of breaking the soul ties between you and the duck or the, the, the dog or the, the cat or the car or the money or whatever it is. You don't have to struggle with sin. When you allow the Spirit of God to enter in, the struggle is over. I'm not telling you that there's not a fight. I'm telling you that you're coming when you fight with the weapons of our warfare, when you engage with the spiritual weapons that are at our disposal, then you come from a place of victory. When you try to deal with this stuff according to your logic and, and, and doctor so-and-so or this or that, you're, you're fighting from the flesh and it will pretty much kick your tail and you will keep struggling. But when you come from the Spirit, when we speak from the Word of God, we're coming from the place of victory. And all we did is show up to let it be known, you will not have that the sin has no dominion over me. And that darkness has to give way to light. Because not only am I saying it, but I came to get it. And I will not be the one that slinks away. That will be the works of darkness. So that's what I have to say tonight. It's quite the interesting uh, little dialogue that we've had here. I want to say thank you to the people that asked questions because it's very, very helpful to remind me that I'm actually talking to people. Okay? <laughs> and I want to invite you to join us on Sunday at 9.45 and at 11.45 a.m. for Biblical Solutions for Life. Yes, we know Periscope is going away in March of 2021 and that you will all be making that great trans, uh, uh, transition with us over to Facebook Live or whatever it is that we happen to do. We'll do it before the end of this. But I just want to say thank you to everyone. If you don't happen to tune in with us next week, then I want to extend to you um, a blessed Merry Christmas. And um, But, you know, kind of tune in to us anyway. And again, 1914 Trades on Boulevard, San Jose, California. 95131 is the zip code. And 408-945-4439 is our phone number. Crystal is our administrator. That's why you hear her name so much. And she will get back to you very quickly. Contact us at astoundinglove.org or you can give. Now, I'm sure all that information is showing up on your screen there. And I believe that's pretty much everything that I have to say. But next Sunday will be awesome. Our apostle, 
we'll be speaking in the second uh, Biblical Solutions for Life, and we're all going to be listening to hear. And I believe that if anybody wants to know what's been happening to me, I may very well be sharing some of that too. I'm Pastor Lenzing Lee of Astounding Love of Global Church Fellowship. I have really enjoyed this time of going into the Word with you and having the encounters with the Holy Spirit, with the Lord Jesus, with His blood, with all of the elements and parts of the Kingdom of God. And so thank you for joining us. I pray that you have received much from tonight's Kingdom Conversation, and we will see you next time. Thank you, Crystal, and thank you, Adina Miller. Good night. Hallelujah.